1: Recording live from Austin,
0: Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox.
1: Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome to Paradox. I'm Jimmy. I'm annoyed. I mean, I'm Josh.
0: Let's just listen to Peg Leg Lee here for a second. You know she just had one leg. Did you know Brenda Lee had one leg?
1: You had to pause because you were about to say peg leg again. (laughs) But
0: the reason that I'm having um, uh, Brenda uh, bring us in is because this is our Christmas show. This is our annual Christmas show, our traditional Christmas show.
1: (laughs) And And this is is our first one.
0: There's mistletoe above the table, but don't get your hopes up.
1: All right, the music. Sorry. You know why I'm annoyed and not Josh today? Because anytime you play music, you play it too long. Yes, and I think it's too loud, but it's not really too loud. Well, Billy takes it down. Oh, that's probably true. Like, it was screaming at me. True. But we're going to be talking about Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hopefully, obviously, this episode drops. And by the way, it's happy holidays.
0: (laughs) We don't want to offend anyone. With this, the, the Christmas word. Or do we? Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Throw it against the wall. See if it sticks.
1: <laughs> no idea what that meant. A slap on the wrist. If you were actually listening to this the day it drops on Christmas, yeah. you should be with family. You, the
0: family should be listening. But... We should have the children all snuggled in their beds
1: <laughs> with visions of Jimmy and Josh dancing in their heads. <laughs> Hopefully, you're listening to this on the Tuesday or Wednesday after Christmas. But Merry Christmas from our family to yours. We are in—we're doing it a bit different this year. So the Myers, normally on their quote-unquote off years when us kids are not at Honey and Ace's, Mm -hmm. For Christmas Day, we do it on New Year's. Mm-hmm. But we are actually doing it the weekend before we head out. We're recording... Like tomorrow. Yeah, today on the 14th. And we're heading out to Christmas tomorrow. Mm-hmm.
0: Very exciting. It is. I don't know why you would be, because you tell everyone what to get you. Of you course. You know in August what you're getting. Along with our executive producer, Billy Myers, who has a long list on Amazon. Yes. Where he goes, no, 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 buy me this. If you, if you deviate from the list... He gets upset.
1: Yeah, it's not really... Um, I don't love Christmas surprises. Which is why you're getting one this year. Because I'm particular. Because I have you. I reject anything that I don't prior mm-hmm. have prior knowledge Get on. Get ready. Oh
0: Lord. You'll be bragging on this come next week.
1: No. It's going to be something weird. Mm-hmm. There was one Father's Day a few years back where... I told him specifically what I wanted. Yep. And by the way, Jimbo and I, normally ahead of whatever holiday it is, we share what gifts that you're getting. Because I know what he is getting and he knows what I'm getting. So we rarely not know the day of. So I share with him what I want for Father's Day. And like a few days before Father's Day, I'm at the office. He was like, you want to know what you're getting? I'm like, I already know what I'm getting. I told you what I was getting. He was like, well, what would you say? What would you say? I he, forgot. He got me a tactical flashlight. Yes, as my surprise Father's Day when I had already told him what I wanted. This is like a nine dollar flashlight. I use it. I know. You can like flag down the space shuttle. It is an day. amazing flashlight. It really is. But not what I called for. True. But, but I was I was thankful. Yes.
0: Part of a tradition is you demanding to get certain gifts, which then sort of makes them not a gift. <laughs>
1: They're just things that I didn't buy myself.
0: So we couldn't decide. We, when we want to talk about Christmas. And there were several things that sort of popped up about this. Yeah,
1: and like the commercialization of blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we
0: settled on two. And so we're going to celebrate here at Paradox a bipolar Christmas. Hmm. I'm going to talk about one topic. No it's offense going to, compl- to
1: those that actually are struggling with the disease. I'm sure they're medicated. And then on a completely
0: unrelated topic, the junior member of this duo is going to then tackle strained relationships. Yeah, just difficult relationships around the holidays. Yeah, when they show up around the the holidays. All right, favorite Christmas growing up and go.
1: I think two come to mind. The Christmas that y'all got us a trampoline and you have a story of how that was all put together, but we just got it. They put it in our garage, oh, and so man. for a few days after Christmas when we had the trampoline, it was still in our garage, and you could only jump about a half inch before you'd hit your head on the ceiling.
0: Which was fine.
1: Weren't you carrying it down the street? Yes.
0: Or... You know, we did the whole thing, and we stored it at, like, this neighbor's house. This was in clean. Yes. And on Christmas Eve... In Christmas, it, oddly enough, on Christmas Eve, it like sleeted. So it was like sleeting. The road is covered in ice.
1: I think what you were looking for is slated. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's like, I don't know, there's there's me and, I don't know, two or three other guy friends. And we got to carry this like two blocks and we can't stand up on the ice. And so we're carting <laughs> this fully assembled trampoline down the middle of the road thinking that First of all, I'm risking life and limb for my children, but these poor men were doing it for people who were not blood-related. All because my children were going to wake up, it was going to be in the backyard, and oh, it was going to be— Oh, you planned to oh, put it in the backyard? Yes. And number one, Sarah saw us coming down the street. <laughs> so she was like watching—I don't know if she called y'all over no. and sold you popcorn to watch the show— and then we ended up not being able to get it over the fence, and so we just stuck it in the garage. Yeah, so that thing didn't really work
1: out. You know who was able to get over that fence? What? Oh. Robbers. Do you yes. remember that? Yes. When we pulled in from church one day, and they yes. hopped over the and fence. And they
0: were piling out, and of course, your mother was chased in hot them pursuit. Down. We
1: <laughs> didn't. We didn't call the police. We chased them down ourselves. Three young children in the back, and she's zooming around <laughs> yes. the streets of Colleen. Hey
0: babe, what were you going to do, actually? You're going to throw down your mascara on them if you, I don't know. Mm. Okay, so here's what we're going to talk, here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the importance of, of family Christmas traditions, uh, especially with young families. It's like, oh, well, we haven't really gotten rolling, the kids are too small to remember. And so, and we're, we're just barely keeping our nose above water. And so, thinking of, oh, what's going to be some repeated family tradition for us is a little more than we can stand. When I talk about family Christmas traditions, we've all got them. Virtually, all of us have them. First of all, Santa Claus is a tradition. There are some people... It's a
1: liturgy. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That was just a few weeks back.
1: You know she got... Some award from Christianity Today.
0: You know, do you know how many awards from Christianity Today my book was given and I just uh, turned them away?
1: Yeah. You're just like, no, 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 no. Because
0: it's I must decrease. Give this to Tish. He must increase. That's how
1: it happened. Mm-hmm. Tish deserves
0: <laughs> this. <laughs> More than me. More than me. Santa Claus in and of himself is a tradition that not everyone celebrates. If you do celebrate Santa Claus, there's traditions of leaving out milk and cookies. My parents would ring bell. They'd put us to bed and then dad would go outside and ring bells outside the window and if you're offended that my children were raised with santa claus and i was raised just get over yourself
1: he means that in the most loving way possible just
0: you're okay fine you're holier than i am i'm probably going to burn in hell but just shut up about it i'm talking about santa claus
1: we're in our mid to late 30s and beth still puts from santa claus on our gifts
0: correct because that's important, but there are other traditions such as decorating the tree. In growing up, it was a thing. You know, we were with mother. Dad was over having his V8. I just thought Dad really loved V8s a lot.
1: Mm, it was delicious. And
0: and he loved having um, uh, celery stuck down. That was so weird. In the tomato juice V8 thing. It's a great combo. So dad Dad was not necessarily helping in the decorating. But we would all, yeah, and we would talk about every ornament that goes up. And to this day, I think your mother, my wife Beth, grew up kind of the same way because it's the same. We put, we talk about virtually every ornament that goes on and every, or, ours is not one of those decorator trees. Uh, you know, that's, that's, it's color coordinated. Ours, very, every every ornament kind of tells a story. Putting up Christmas lights and what those are, Christmas movies. I grew up, we didn't really have a, a movie tradition You, growing up, we sort of had white Christmas that we would watch every year. Snow, 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 it It won't be long, long, Yeah. Sisters, sisters, there were never never such devoted sisters. (laughs) That's enough. In fact, my youngest daughter, that's the ringtone on my phone, Hmm.
1: is sisters. We've been doing too much personal stuff today.
0: True. But, self-disclosure, you're not supposed to do that as a therapist. But so, we all have these traditions, and by the way... I'm remembering these things. And there's a reason that I remember these things is because they became traditions. Traditions are really just another way of saying rituals and rituals surround us in our society. They certainly surround us in church. If something is a ritual, it is done so that the repetitive nature of it becomes comfortable. It becomes familiar it enables a hook for a memory to be hung on. So that's why I mean, I can remember, even if you grow up in a church that's not necessarily all ritualistic, you know, uh, Episcopalians and Catholics, you know, there, there are some that have more ritual than others, but even in a Baptist church where, you know, we well, just people of the book. We don't have, a, oh, huge, huge rituals. So we sing this hymn. We just do the first, second, and fourth stanzas of Just As I Am. I can remember growing up, in the church, we would have two hymns and then a prayer. And I remember one time we had two hymns and then we had some speaker, like a missionary coming up, and everyone in the audience had their head bowed because, dang it, it was time for the prayer. <laughs> I don't care if we're going to talk about missions. So we, we have these rituals. Therefore, that's why, you know, you can visit a, uh, you, you go to a church and you go, oh, this feels like home. I thought it was very interesting how many millennials are kind of going back to more traditional churches because they it's it reminds me of growing up. It reminds those hymns uh, remind me of when I was growing up, and it's comfortable. It makes it feel like home. So therefore, the the opposite, if 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 these Christmas traditions bring comfort and familiarity and their hooks to to hang our memories on, okay, if we don't have traditions around Christmas, then we're saying, okay, then we don't have any hooks to hang a memory on. Then Christmases growing up become unmemorable. If they bring comfort, then the way, you know, it's kind of sort of uncomfortable. It's sort of unfamiliar. It's like maybe you had a lot of traditions in your house, and then one year, like they did to me, they drug me to my grandmother's house. I thought they had stolen Christmas from me. And it was because none of our traditions were being carried out. And without those, it didn't feel like Christmas to me. Dobson does a whole book on the importance of traditions and why we need them in our families and especially around holidays like Christmas. So I would say this. The solution would be to, number one, overcome the idea, well, that's stupid. That's not important. Our kids are too young to even remember this. Yeah, fine. I don't have time. If we're going to watch White Christmas, let's put it on fast forward because we got to get going. Also, overcome that it's unimportant. If we understand that establishing these these things is actually important for our children's development, for them to have these warm memories growing up about what these these events were like, it's actually important to their development. So you overcome that it's stupid and unimportant. The second thing is is you simply begin, start something, even if it's. Oh sorry, oh I just threw up my mouth a little bit because I almost said elf elf on a shelf. Oh, sorry. But even if it's something as inane as the elf on the ship. But it's a tradition. And you know what? When your kids get older, they go, oh, I remember. We had it every morning. It was Whatever it is, start a tradition. Give your kids a hook to hang their childhood on. Here's the mic. I'm holding the mic. I just dropped it.
1: So as often Jimmy does, he doesn't consider the spiritual. Nope. And before you nope. guys... Turn us off and never listen to us again. I think it's an important caveat to mention that there's a that lot of... Santa
0: Claus loved Jesus.
1: That there are a lot of spiritual traditions that you can... And I know that you, you this was a given. But worth mentioning to some Reading of our audience... Christmas story. Yes, going to candlelight service. Service on
0: Christmas Eve.
1: Not having Santa Claus. <laughs> wow. Um... You went there. So, again, it goes without saying, but the things that go without saying need to be said. The importance of keeping Jesus and Christ in Christmas. Amen. Um, Jesus on
0: a shelf. You move
1: him every morning. (laughs) We do what's called a star from afar. Yes. And there's the little star and the three wise men, and you hide the star every day, and the kids take the wise men and go find it. And then on Christmas... Rip off. You you bring the star to the manger, uh-huh. and then you read the... The spiritual traditions would be, number one, followed by all the money in the world. All the children of <laughs> the world. I hope you guys... This is and... Christmas. We could actually <laughs> tell that story. The Steve Martin, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. I <laughs> hope you Get watched
0: it. <laughs> Gather together and sing in a spirit of
1: harmony and peace. But spiritual traditions comes first. A lot of y'all have holiday traditions, Christmas traditions, and the tradition is... For family members to be difficult. You might not like that tradition, but old Uncle Bob took oh off my his Lord, pants and, here. <laughs> and ran around the neighborhood again or something weird. A lot of y'all have difficult family members as y'all's tradition. And just a few things in our final couple of minutes regarding how to maybe handle those people. And Jimbo, chime in whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. I tend to not be verbose, so I could summarize all this in about 30 seconds. I, on the other hand... The first, the first thing about handling and dealing with difficult people is that your goal should not be to change them. Preach it. That was my sermon. I already... Bring done. it home. A lot of us, whether we yell at people to set boundaries or we just shun them and not talk... Often the goal with difficult people in our minds is that we want them to change.
0: We're God's instrument of correction in their life.
1: The goal can't be that because that is the other person's responsibility. So you need to let loose your, the control and the desire to change them. Pray for it, but your interactions with them should not have that as the goal. Mm-hmm. Second thing, with difficult people, difficult family members around the holidays, it's all about boundaries. All right. And we
0: don't want to think about that with the warm, fuzzy Norman Rockwell Christmas.
1: No. But it's critical. Yes. And boundaries are all about first verbal and then second physical. So verbal boundaries is observing verbally to the person that is difficult, the things that you don't necessarily like about y'all's interactions and asking them to stop. If that person respects those boundaries, fantastic. If they don't, a second conversation needs to happen, and it needs to be that same verbalization of the things that you don't like, setting the verbal boundaries, but this time adding on, there will be consequences, or the next step, physical boundaries, for if this behavior continues. Like I'm going to slap them? I'm going to cold just talk you. Just knock the fire out of you. No, it's either we are going to leave. hmm Or if behaviors don't change before we get there, we're not coming. Mm -hmm. So verbal or physical boundaries are all about spending less time around that person because they've proven to be unsafe.
0: If you have a toxic person, you have to limit the toxicity.
1: Yes. And so it is, it's, again, we're not trying to change the person, but we're setting verbal. If they don't respect that and they prove to be even more unsafe because they just ignored your request. Mm Then you start to set physical boundaries and you spend less time with them.
0: And if we know that Uncle Billy is gonna run around the neighborhood without his pants on. Uncle Billy, you listen? Then we tell Uncle Billy prior to pants come off, we go home. Exactly. Or pants come off, then you go home. And so we try to cover this before you know in advance. So expectations have been set.
1: And don't, so if expectations have been set, if you've verbalized a possible, a potential physical boundary, if the behavior continues, then you have to pull the trigger on the physical boundary if the affront occurs. Yep. A lot of people will set the physical boundary, and then when the person, the unhealthy person does the thing, then they're confused on what they do or what they should do. Well, you just do the thing that you said you're going to do. So verbal boundaries, setting expectations of a possible physical boundary, and then just pray like crazy that those things don't occur and quote-unquote ruin the holidays. Mm -hmm. But again, even if you have to leave, you didn't ruin the holidays. The unsafe person might try to blame you, but ultimately the onus and the responsibility is on the unsafe person for having you leave.
0: And when you say things like, if we make a big deal out of this, it's going to ruin the holiday. If we leave, it's going to ruin Christmas. It only ruins Christmas if you allow it to ruin sure, Christmas. Sure. It's what you make it with, within yourself and within your family. It could just be, well, that's sad. Here we go. Yep. And let's plug in white Christmas and here we go. Yep. But you know, especially especially if there's younger kids involved, because we always set the emotional tone of the yep. home. This is only as big a deal. To your kids as you make it yep. into a big deal.
1: You can't see me right now, but I am bowing because my section was better on our bipolar Christmas. Mm,
0: I might have to agree. <laughs> so it will be a tradition. To never talk about tradition. One week out of the year. <laughs> so 51 weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. my content is superior. Ah, and then yes. once a year. Christmas is my time I, to shine. I hand it over. And, and I let you <laughs> think uh, that you're in Superior. If
1: you want more information about this episode, go to paradoxpodcast.com. By the way, I have one. We've talked about Sarah, Daniel, Lindsay, Dylan, my brother-in-law, Graham. I've never mentioned my other brother-in-law, Johnny. So, Johnny, if you're out there listening. Actually, they're moving.
0: Did a relative that runs around without his pants on, is that what you think think of Johnny? No, he
1: was in town this week for business. They're moving to Austin in January. They're going to be living a few weeks with us. Barton Creek. But um, (laughs) he sells golf carts. So if you are in the market for a Yamaha golf cart, Johnny Carney with Yamaha. Because
0: with his bonuses from selling... That's what I think is going to get us onto Barton
1: Creek. Yep to play. So. That's what we're hoping. Yep. I'm not sure why I mentioned that other than to just say his name on the podcast. but we're we're excited to have him here in Austin. So paradoxpodcast.com. If you click on the episode tab, go to the the bipolar Christmas link. And you can check out all the, the various tags for this episode. And if you want to follow the show as well as us individually on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, you can do that at ParadoxPodcast.com. And don't forget to join us 2 p.m. Central every Thursday on Facebook Live when we answer listener questions. Y'all have ho, a good ho, day. Ho.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to TherapyWithBilly.com. For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. Next time on Paradox.
1: Yeah, so God's very good idea is written from the heart and perspective that um, God created the world. Um, we sinned. Part of that sin caused a division in our relationships with people, those specifically who are different than we are. And we ruined God's very good idea. Mm. And then I, um, but Jesus rescued it, and it was always part of God's plan. And we can live, uh, even today, right now, enjoying and loving um, those who are not like us.
0: Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families.
1: We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No.
0: We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally
1: taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo, we're not making any money. And actually, as right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. See,
0: see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a
1: problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription.
0: With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families.
1: That's what I call mellif- 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 The word you're looking for
0: is mellifluous.